Paul quotes Jesus. It says, and when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death until he come. Calvary, such a center point of human existence that the Lord said, I want there to be a time, a ceremony, a supper, a feast in which you will take the time to never forget the price that I paid for you. I think oftentimes in living for God, we get swept up in all of the exigencies and peripheral dynamics of the kingdom of God. But may we never forget that the sign of Christianity is not a crown, but it's a cross. It is not reward, but it is suffering. We would not be standing here today if it was not for the efficacious power of his blood. Paul goes on to write and says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. I taught this on Tuesday night that communion is a time of self-reflection because Paul goes on to write to us that he that drinketh unworthily and eateth damnation himself does not discern the Lord's body. We are not here just as individuals tonight. And although there is an individual experience for sure regarding our salvation and walk with God, God designed us to be a part of the body of Christ. And we cannot have a successful walk with God individually outside of the context of the body of Christ. You cannot cut your finger off and it exists on its own outside of its attachment to the body. We need each other. I don't care how independent some of us might be 
how, how, how private, how whatever term you want to put on it, we need each other. We need the church. And to discern the Lord's body requires self-reflection. God, are there things in me that impede my discernment of the body? Are there things in me, God, that, that create friction and division, conflict with people that, that can create a dynamic where I am not operating in the context of the body without restriction? Along life's journey, life happens. Things happen. We're human beings. We're imperfect vessels. And from time to time, we need to take moments of correction. Well, I thought I'd have a few more amens than that. Time where we reflect and say, okay, God, you're dealing with me about something that I need, I need to fix. I, I need to get it right. Oftentimes, it may require us to go to a brother or sister. And say, you know what, sis? I, I, want, I want to get some things right that I, that I haven't had right in my spirit. I, I've said some things. I've, I've done some things. Or, or, or I've just harbored silently some feelings that I, I can't be what God wants me to be in the body of Christ. Without. Would you forgive me? Would you? Come on, somebody. Because the, the value of the sum is greater than the individual parts when it comes to the body of Christ. Maybe we've got some things that maybe don't involve other people, but we know we've got some stuff that God is talking to us to get right with Him. We're going to take a few moments tonight before we receive communion. We're going to pray, ask the Lord tonight that before we take communion, that if there be anything in our heart that is impeding us discerning the Lord's body, God, we want to get it right, right now. We don't want to move another moment into this service, God, without our hearts being clear and pure and clean. In this next few moments of prayer, we're going to bow our heads. We're going to close our eyes with nobody looking around because perhaps, perhaps you need to go to somebody and make something right. How many of you understand that there is a doctrine in Scripture where the Lord tells us if you come to an altar to pray, and you've got something going on between you or a brother or sister, leave your gift at the altar. Go make it right with your brother or your sister. And then come back and offer your gift on the altar. In other words, God said, you can't be right with me and be wrong with your brother or sister. I know that's not popular preaching, 
Some of us want to shout over the top of bad relationships and we want to dance over the top uh, of some wrong. No, no, no. God said, if you're going to be right with me, you got to get right with your brother and your sister. So while we're praying, we want to create an environment where we feel open if we, if we need to go to a brother or sister. We can do that tonight before we take communion. And while we're praying, this is a great opportunity for us to say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit inside of me, God. Purge me with hyssop as I remember what you did on Calvary so that I could live a life free of condemnation and sin. Amen, somebody? All over this house, would you bow your head, close your eyes, but would you lift your hands and your voices as we begin to pray in this time for just a few moments right now? Oh, God, we come before you tonight. Come on, would you pray, church? Lord, we come before your throne of grace tonight. God, you know with our frame that we're just dust. God, you know the weakness and the fragility of who we are. We come before you understanding, God, that our righteousness is as filthy rags to you. God, we dare not proceed tonight without humbling ourselves and getting our heart and our spirit right, not just with you, but with the body of Christ tonight. Oh, God. We take this time to remember that you shed your blood, Jesus, so that we could have freedom. God, you paid the price so that we could have forgiveness of sins. God, you hung on a cross and you were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you. And by your stripes, uh, we are healed. Uh, God, I pray healing in this room tonight. Uh, not just physical healing, uh, but God, I pray healing in relationships uh, tonight, God. Uh, I pray healing uh, in broken places. Uh, I pray healing in places of conflict and disagree. Oh, in the name of Jesus, search our hearts, God. Our carnal minds, God, uh, won't be truthful to ourselves. Our hearts are exceeding and desperately wicked uh, above all things. And who can know them, oh God? Uh, and so, Lord, right now, show us, God. Reveal to us, God. Give us the courage. Give us the strength. Uh, Come on, a few more moments tonight. In the name of Jesus, as you're praying, if God's dealing with you, if you need to go to somebody, if you need to get something right, come on, this is your chance. This is your opportunity tonight. Woo, come on, in Jesus' name. God, I've harbored unforgiveness. And tonight, God, I, I got I to gotta forgive if I'm going to be forgiven. God, I've got to let go if I'm going to be turned loose. 
Oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, body of Christ. Come on, body of Christ. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we remember Calvary tonight. We remember Calvary tonight, God. Oh, come on, come on. Let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost tonight. Let's be obedient to the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on. Come on, that's it. There's people all over this house getting their heart right, getting their spirit right. Come on. Come on, I I love you, my brother. I need you, my brother. I love you, my sister. I need you. Come on, maybe there's a husband and wife tonight. Come on, pray together. Come on, pray together, Lord. Lord, we come before you tonight, Jesus. Oh, come on, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, that's it. Let the healing balm of Gilead flow. In the midst of your people tonight, God, let the healing balm of Gilead flow in this place. Oh, my God, my God. Come on, that's the church praying the Holy Ghost. Pray with anointing. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh, can we give the Lord some praise tonight? Let's thank Him for what we feel moving in this house. Come on, let's thank Him for what we feel in this place. Glory to your name. Amen. If the media team has not already closed the live stream to all of our streaming audience, The rest of this service will not be streamed live. We want to keep it sacred. The ushers can please disperse. As you receive the communion cups, I ask you to please hold on to them for just a moment. We're going to take communion together as a body tonight. As you receive your communion cup, just 
hold on to it for a few moments. Again, we do not preach, believe, because the Bible does not declare it. The doctrine of transubstantiation. We do not believe that the fruit of the vine and the bread becomes the literal body of Christ. Jesus told us very specifically that when we partake of communion that we do it in remembrance of him. It is symbolic of his body and his blood being shed for us. Amen. As you hold the communion cup in your hand, we're going to take just another moment of prayer as we remember the Lord's body. And I want you to do your best tonight. Somehow in your mind and your heart to get a picture of our Savior hanging on a tree. Crown of thorns on his head. Bible says his visage was so marred that he was unrecognizable. Riding up and down the cross, trying to catch his breath. As they mocked him and beat him, even as he hung on that tree, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And now I want you to think about that as he had you in mind as he hung on that cross. He knew what you would need. He knew the grace and the mercy. He knew the opportunities that you would need to come before him and ask for his forgiveness. Can we take a moment as we think in that context? And just pray as we remember the Lord's body and thank him tonight. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for paying the price for us. We thank you that you became the propitiation of sin. It should have been me, God, hanging on that cross. But you did it in my place. You did it so that I could have eternal life. You did it so that one day a 14-year-old boy could come to an altar of repentance. You did it so that one day a 14-year-old boy could lift his hands in an altar and receive the Holy Ghost. You did it so that a young man who was lost could fall in love with an altar and every time he fell, he could come to your throne of grace with boldness. Oh, God, I thank you for paying the price for me. I thank
thank you for making a way for me, God. Of all the people in this world, out of the millions of people that still don't know who you are, you found me. I thank you. I give you the praise. I give you the glory and I give you the honor. As I remember what you did on Calvary. Let us take the bread and the vine together tonight as we remember the Lord's body. We join our voices together in thanksgiving to him tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, can we lift our voices together in thanksgiving to him tonight?
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to read from the book of John, chapter 13. Verse 3 says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth up from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. He assumed the position of a servant. This is what the servant of the house would have normally done. But Jesus assumed the role of the servant. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, Thou hast no part with me. Then Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Therefore he said, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. It is customary for us to separate the men and the women to do foot washing, to provide a, an environment of increased modesty. And so the women will be doing foot washing here in this sanctuary. And the men, in just a moment, will be going to the YDA room, which is to my right, your left. We have everything set up there. And for those who may have never been part of a foot washing service, 
There is not specific criteria as to whose feet you should wash or shouldn't wash. However, in the spirit of communion and foot washing, oftentimes people will opt to or will opt to connect with other people who they feel like they would like to see God strengthen their relationship with them. And it is an opportunity to initiate a gesture of love by being a servant and washing that person's feet. You can wash one person's feet. You, God may lead you to wash more than one person's feet or several people's feet. Some have asked about husbands and wives who may want to wash each other's feet. In this context, we don't have a setting for that, that that I feel like would be appropriate for a husband and wife. What I would suggest to you is when you get home, go into your living room, get a bucket of water, and in that intimate setting of your household, wash one another's feet. Amen. There are times that God moves on us in those kind of ways. As, as a matter of fact, just a week or two ago at most, I think, a young man came all the way from out of state, drove all the way down here in the middle of the week to sit in my office and wash my feet. There's a seriousness behind our commitment to the body of Christ. When you are washing somebody's feet or when somebody is washing your feet, it is customary that we pray one for another. As you're washing that person's feet and you're considering that you are assuming the role of a servant to your brother or your sister, pray for them. Pray for their family. Pray for their home. Pray for their marriage. Pray God's hand upon them. As somebody is washing your feet, pray for that person that's washing your feet. Amen. Amen. I will be watching my phone for a text message from First Lady to indicate when the women are finished in here. And when we are finished with foot washing, we're going to convene one more time back in the sanctuary before we dismiss the service. So we're going to go, and, and during foot washing, please, no men or young men leaving the YDA. Uh, women, please stay here in the sanctuary. And whenever I receive a text from First Lady, then the men will come back into the sanctuary to join us. Amen? Amen. Men, if you would join me to my right, your left, in the YDA room, the women can prepare here in the sanctuary.